Hey, welcome to another episode of the Proletarian Contrarian. I'm Nick. And I'm Lewis. And we are serving up quite the mixture for you guys to imbibe on tonight. Yeah, um, a full mixology, if you will. <laughs> yes, uh, I will. I will, bartender. <laughs> hit me up. <laughs> so, uh, the film is the 1988 romantic comedy, romantic drama, Cocktail, uh, starring mm. Tom Cruise, uh, Elizabeth Shue, and some Australian guy. Um, <laughs> some I think some Australian guy. Brian Brown. Yeah, good old BB. Uh, good old BB. He was more popular in the eighties, I think. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it takes place in New York. It is about uh, a bartender by the name of Brian Flanagan, played by Tom Cruise, uh, who wants to become a millionaire, become successful in some way, uh, and he starts out uh, by working at uh, TGI Fridays. Yeah, uh, he may as well. Um, we'll we'll get into that. Well, no, that he day. does actually work. That's like there's an exterior shot. It's not a TGI Fridays though. No, it is. There's an exterior shot, and it's a TGI Fridays. It's the old school TGI Fridays before they became a gigantic franchise. Like, folks, that. I was drunk when I saw this movie. Um, fittingly enough, and I, I guess <laughs> I guess I missed that part. But um, I'll, I'll take Lewis's word for it. I will will include uh, a screenshot in the show notes, folks. <laughs> Excellent. Um, but yeah, he this guy Brian he wants he wants to be um, a yuppie douchebag befitting the late eighties. Uh, his plans don't don't happen, and um, he he gets roped into uh, being an apprentice bartender to um, what's his name Doug Doug some Doug Doug, Doug uh, I- Irish Coughlin yeah. Coughlin. yeah another 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 bartender who's like a like a master master bartender and um the the hilarious and heartwarming pratfalls that they, they encounter <laughs> along the way so when the film came out in 1988 it was actually a commercial success but uh it really just got panned by critics um I was, I was talking to some people who were uh, alive at that time and adults, <laughs> and they remembered seeing it, but they didn't really remember much about it besides um, the um, the like the cocktail flare scenes, the the bartending flare um, scenes where they're flipping bottles and shakers and um, yeah, that that's the big takeaway, like the big cultural takeaway from this film. Um, I know there's a snl skit um with tom cruise he he, he recreates his tricks and, and shit <laughs> really <laughs> yeah I, I didn't actually watch it because because fuck snl but um yeah definitely. but from like an snl episode from not too long ago featured him doing like oh it's been 30 years let's see if i still got it and he does the shit or whatever that's amazing yeah yeah so this was an early role for him uh i was doing a little bit of research on it and apparently mm-hmm. Um, so it is based on a book by uh, a guy named Haywood Gould, and he uh, also wrote the screenplay. He wrote a few screenplays uh, in the 80s and 90s. Um, but uh, yeah, apparently the movie was supposed to be a little darker uh, than what came out here. Um, I heard that, yeah. Um, yeah, and then Tom Cruise was attached, and they had to change everything. Um, well, D- Disney... Um 
under D- Disney right. produced this film because Touchstone Pictures, which is for those who don't know it, it's Disney's kind of more adult oriented um, production studio. Um, they Touchstone Pictures produced this film, and Disney, from what I read, reshot a th- roughly a third of the footage um, to make it more focused on the flair and the and the tricks and the and the acrobatic stuff. Yeah, that's right. Um, that. Apparently wasn't even in the movie until they did the reshoots, which is yeah, that's absurd to me. I don't know what this movie would be without <laughs> only, those sequences. The only thing that people even know about this damn thing is the shit they added in post. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, reshoots sometimes are good, folks. Uh, when you are dealing with a turd like this movie, um, so I, I turd it is. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. We uh, did not really enjoy this film all that much. Um, but in keeping with, uh, our mission statement of, um, you know, speaking to the, uh, better aspects of a film, um, we're not going to be too, too hard on it, but we will let you know that, uh, it was difficult to watch, not as difficult as Ghost Rider. Leading into that, my, the, the first thing that I, that I appreciated about Cocktail was, um, and, and also tying in with the, the script writing. This this clearly was worked on by people who have some experience with with the service industry. Um, there are a number of little elements and a number of scenes that kind of really depict the hellish, um, really demeaning and demanding work of working in the service industry, specifically a bar. Uh, I've I've never worked in a bar or a restaurant myself, um, but I have a number of friends who did, or or who still do, and um, I, I've heard enough horror stories and I've I've seen them go through enough shit at work that there the, the movie was was pretty faithful to to that aspect of of the vocation yeah that is um probably especially in the the first uh act of the film the the more interesting aspects of yes, it yes um so yeah they do uh work at a tgi fridays which um I thought it was strange at first the the costumes <laughs> yeah. of some of the servers because uh, so like the waitresses are all wearing the um, pinstripes the, yeah. the pinstripe and I didn't I was like that's really strange for like an indie bar in you know uh, downtown Manhattan until I saw the uh, until I saw this it's a very quick uh, exterior shot of mm. a a TGI Fridays I'm sure it's not even where they filmed um, right but um. Yeah, it was, it's interesting to see that, um, I think, yeah, I, I agree. They probably had um, people who worked in, you know, bars in Manhattan uh, actually, you know, work on this film because it does the, the kind of minutia and the verisimilitude uh, definitely shows in, in those early scenes. And I'm sure those extras that were playing the, the waitresses and the, and the other bar servers and the janitors, I'm sure they were doing that kind of service work at the time. Yeah, yeah, definitely. To supplement their acting. Mm-hmm. I think, so the film is shot in New York and Los Angeles, t- Toronto, and then they do, uh, we'll talk about this later, but they go to Jamaica at one point <laughs> yeah, as well. But do, they, do they ever go to Jamaica? They... <laughs> <laughs> we'll put a pin in that. We'll get yeah. we'll get back to that, we promise. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, there 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 is some uh, interesting uh, aspects of the film regarding like class uh, 
and you know this kind of um like nick said earlier the the yuppie mentality of the 80s um the that milieu um he uh tom cruise's character brian flanagan is always carrying around like a self-help you know how to make a million uh, dollars book (laughs) the worst Uh, imaginable books possible Yeah, I don't even, they don't even seem real. Like some of the, the titles and covers, like one of them just is literally called like how to make a million dollars on the quick or something like that. And I'm just uh, going to assume that one of them at some point was Art of the Deal. <laughs> I really, oh, I, I bet that was an option at yeah. least, uh, if not actually one in the movie. Mm-hmm. But uh, there is a Donald Trump reference though. Yes, yes, there is. There, um, so Brian Flanagan not only uh, bartends and reads self-help books, but he also uh, goes to school. Um, assumedly on the GI Bill, he's he's also ex-military. Yeah, which that's is... a, that's a weird angle that we forgot to mention. Um, but really, really briefly, this movie opens with Brian leaving, presumably his his base where he had been in the army, and then he jumps on a bus, and then he takes the bus to new york and that's it like that's literally it yeah Um, it's it's a really strange opening of the i couldn't i when i saw that i was like is this the right movie did i put the wrong disc in and it has no bearing on the plot besides the fact that he goes to college um yeah he goes to uh like a city community college um he takes a few econ classes and an english class um but yeah, the Donald Trump reference comes in one of his econ classes. Uh, they have to write like business proposals, and this one woman uh, like wants to start a cookie business, and mm-hmm. the the professor uh, admonishes her and says, "Hilariously cartoonish caricature of a professor." Yeah, he looks like Groucho Marx actually, yes, yes, he does. Um, but he sounds he doesn't sound like Groucho Marx. He has his own like very uh, deep baritone voice, and he mm-hmm. says, uh, "This woman wants to be the Donald Trump of the cookie business." <laughs> I thought that was Paula Dean. <laughs> um, but yeah, when when he goes on that little rant about like, "Oh, you're all oh, all you students are entitled, and like you're 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 not going to pass my class. You're you're not going to make it in business." He lists three examples. Like he's he does the douchebag professor thing where he's like, "You want to make a cookie business? You want to make makeup for dogs? And you, Tom Cruise, want to make a chain of New York City themed restaurants to franchise across the country?" And all three of those damn ideas would sell like gangbusters, like in the in the late aughts, early early twenty tens. Like th- those are viable ideas given today's uh, trends. So jokes on the professor yeah when i when i heard like especially tom cruise's idea which is like you're a dive bar franchised into like all strip malls across america i'm like that exists like that that yes that's that is maybe he was a few years too early but like that that's an extremely viable business plan professor asshole um this film does have like a somewhat anti-education uh bent to it um, mm-hmm. Both professors are uh, just kind of blowhards and assholes. But not the professor of uh, the School of Hard Knocks. Yes, not uh, <laughs> Doug Coughlin. Professor uh, Coughlin. Uh, he even like he calls himself a philosopher, like uh, yeah. philosopher of the uh, of the twentieth century or he, something he has, like that. He has this whole bullshit like drunken Mr. Miyagi thing going on and it it doesn't quite gel I, I know you had said you weren't really a fan of the actor and neither was I it 
he has this weird Australian accent, and I, you kind of can't tell what he's saying like halfway into the movie. But yeah, just just bad chemistry between him and Tom Cruise. Yeah, no, the te- the chemistry for a movie that uh, at least a good third or more is just them uh, talking to each other. They yeah, they should have like worked that out in pre production because it's 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 rough, folks. In in some sections. Uh, especially some of the sections in Jamaica when uh, they're kind of ribbing each other, it was um, it was hard to watch. I had I had secondhand embarrassment yeah. a lot of the time. <laughs> it it was pretty cringy. And on speaking of cringe, I guess we should get into the Jamaica portion of the film, which which is when it shifts into its second act. Ba- basically, Brian and Doug have this big falling out because Doug seduces this woman that Brian is seeing. Um, and he, he views it as a huge betrayal and that, that, that ruins their, their dreams of opening a bar together. And so Brian kind of does half of his plan to open the bar, which is go down to Jamaica to make, to basically be a colonizer, make bank and, and sleep with as many women as he can. Right. Yeah. He, he mentions that like, um, the, the woman who, she's like a photojournalist or something played by Gina Gershon of, um, of, of, um, Oh, what's that movie called? Showgirls. Showgirls, yes, of Showgirls <laughs> fame. Um, she, uh, yeah, she has like this idea because she's wealthy um, as well. She, she has, she's like a millionaire or something. She owns this brownstone that her and Tom Cruise have this weird like MMA tickle sex scene. <laughs> it's, um, it's, 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 in, a really, it's a really bad sex. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I read that apparently like. Tom Cruise like knew that Gina Gershon was like ticklish, so that's why that happened. So yeah, that she uh, Gina Gershon's character gives him the idea of going down to Jamaica uh, to make their their money to come back to America to open their bar because in Jamaica they can just work under the table. There's no tax laws, you know. You get <laughs> cash. It's it's really absurd. It's just like it's colonization. It is really just totally colonization uh, through through these you know loopholes in 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 labor mm-hmm. uh, in labor laws. So yeah, uh, Brian does go to Jamaica. He makes the plan work for for a few years. He he makes some money um, as as a white colonist in Jamaica. Um, he meets Elizabeth Shue's character Jordan. They start up a relationship. They're infatuated with each other. Um, and she draw. She's an artist, and she draws this hilariously, <laughs> hilariously awful uh, drawing so of Tom Cruise, um, which looks nothing like him. Um, but we we can kind of touch on the artist for that later because there's a little interesting little interesting uh, tie into the rest of the movie. Um, but Doug also shows up with his um, rich heiress wife in tow, and Doug seduces Brian back to the dark side of the bartending arts. <laughs> by um, by basically uh, goading him on into sleeping with a wealthy heiress for himself, um, and when Brian does and Jordan finds out, there's a big fallout. Um, everyone goes back to New York, and um, all hell breaks loose. Yeah, I think it's worth noting. Also, there's this like there's this really one of the um, the cringier conversations that I alluded to earlier. Um, between Brian and Doug happens in Jamaica and it's where you kind of get um, I would say maybe one of the more central themes of the film spelled out by by Doug 
um, they're talking about why Brian, Tom Cruise, will never be successful ever. And um, Doug has this little spiel about um, the difference between workers and hustlers. Yes. Uh, And workers are the people who don't get anywhere because they don't hustle. And hustlers get ahead because they don't actually work. They just, you know, grift, basically. Doug even says that uh, bartenders are the aristocrats of the working class. (laughs) Yeah. Um, that was a that was a keeper of a line from this one yeah it's it's a really strange uh little speech uh a little back and forth i can't tell you anything that uh tom cruise's character said it didn't really matter it was more about what doug says in this moment um but it's interesting because uh i guess tom cruise's character kind of uh it is he does signify the worker, the person who believes in like a meritocracy basically. Mm-hmm. And this more like bootstrapping mentality. Um, whereas Doug is the hustler uh, who, I mean, he, he's a gold digger. Like he marries yeah, he upwards. Like it's, it's a, it's a gender swap of like the gold digger basically. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think uh, that's the main conceit they were going for but i think it's it's interesting that there's this uh this demarcation there and that's what's so frustrating about this film because there are a few elements there that would make it a good leftist depiction of the working class and and dramatizing that um there's that whole binary that you were talking about between doug and um and brian but there's also what we touched on earlier, the the anti-education angle, which is, is kind of really relevant in a lot of ways, like the, this notion that you go into debt and you, you slave away at this university um, and you need a degree. This is explicit in the film. He, when, when Brian's applying to jobs before he becomes a bartender, they do a whole montage of hiring recruiters um, that he meets, and many of them say stuff to the effect of, we won't even consider you without a degree. And, and it's little, it's little things like that, that gave me hope pretty far into the film that like it would kind of not necessarily become a stinging indictment of, of capitalism, but just at, at least somewhat of a, of a solid um, promotion of, of what a working class or a, a solid depiction of what a working class person has to do to survive, especially in New York city. But um it, it, it just kind of boils down to this like Reaganite, um, this Reaganite ideal of like, oh, just keep your head down, work hard and know, know what's more, more valuable than money and, and you'll you'll get out ahead. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this you at, at the end of the day, this, this movie has no politics to speak of. This, this movie doesn't really have a theme to speak of. Um, <laughs> It, it is it is an exercise in showing off some cool uh, bartending flair stunts, um, partially thanks to TGI Fridays. Yeah, so besides it actually taking place at uh, ATGI Fridays uh, <laughs> within the diegesis of the film, um, the, like, bartending flair, uh, you know, bottle trick stuff... Um, was kind of institutionalized at TGI Fridays. Yes. Um, it, they like encouraged their bartenders to show personality and stuff, uh, and then that kind of just took off. Some bartenders 
just yeah they did what you see in the film um and then they had a competition yeah (laughs) of flipping flipping bottles like flipping bottles of liquor um if if there's a pair like there is in the movie that i guess they toss the the jiggers and the and the shakers and the in the cups to each other and, and do tricks and shit the the tgf fridays chain in 1986 they hosted um the first national flair bartending competition called the bar olympics in Cal- in woodland hills california um and this guy john jb bandy was the winner and he was approached uh by touchstone by touchstone pictures to train uh tom cruise and brian brown um in the art of flair yeah, so uh, I I one can assume that it was a conscious decision, uh, and maybe even like you know um, product placement to, uh, yeah, set the the diegetic yeah. film <laughs> I mean, in TGI Fridays. It must have been, but it it wasn't the greatest because I I did not realize that <laughs> until literally a few minutes ago. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. I guess if if we were around in the eighties, we would just immediately recognize it by like the the waitresses uh, polo shirts. Mm. I guess mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, That's fair. One in one one of my one of my notes, I I kept this um this running gag for myself as I was watching the film. Um, I interpreted the flair bartending as almost like a like like the fight scenes of like a shonen anime. Um, because <laughs> because this movie is kind of structured like that. Like there's this there's this talented uh, young up and comer who has a lot of raw talent, but then there's this like this older rival that kind of takes him under his wing, but is also kind of antagonistic. And um, they encounter like these really colorful char- like cast of characters that help them and hurt them. And um, there, there's a, there's this character in one of the bars they go to who identifies himself as the world's first yuppie poet. Yes. Um, which, and, he, and he's just like this douchebag who shows up at the bar and he starts like yelling, yelling about money and stocks and shit. It's, it's like a parody of like Allen Ginsberg, Allen Ginsberg's Howl, I think. Um, and then Tom Cruise jumps up in the bar and tells his own poem, um, defeating him in his own uh, fighting arts, which is a very shonen move to do. Yeah. The so tom cruise what does he call himself like the last of the barman poets i think it's really stupid uh and he he just like names different kinds of drinks and they and they rhyme and then and then he beats this yuppie poet but in my mind i was like i even wrote down i was like tom cruise lost to the yuppie poet but (laughs) yeah it's within the film everybody's chanting for tom cruise and i was like well this game is rigged it is it's in the oh the name of that bar was called the cell block it was like a prison (laughs) yeah that's right a neon prison themed bar which is that that kind of sums up this movie's class politics in a nutshell so tom cruise uh flies back to new york to basically stalk jordan um she works as a waitress in a diner uh, eventually he finds her apartment and uh, she tells him she's pregnant um, so he has to I don't know get a job because he's not bartending when he gets back he's he's doing the Doug the Doug plan he he found a wealthy older woman to to live with um, and it doesn't go well 
Yeah, it's um, he's like a trophy boyfriend, basically. Yeah, yeah. For like this this cougar, uh, who has like a marketing firm or something. It's vague, but they they talk about like these these salesmen, these marketing salesmen, a few times. It's like the last gasp of his attempt to become like a high roller uh, finance guy. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so, yeah, he encounters Doug again, or he tries to find Doug, um, who now owns a fairly successful, or what seems to be a fairly successful club. Doug reveals to uh, Brian that he's actually broke, that he just um, he just buys a bunch of bullshit and doesn't actually like know how to run a club, doesn't know how to like buy insurance and uh he, you know I think he tried to trade stocks or something. They they mentioned something like that and he he he's he's destitute. That's all that matters. Yeah, exactly. And he uh like his wife he's they they're not doing great either. Um this is very like Ivanka Trump yeah, his wife. Yeah, his uh, Ivanka Trump wife, who lives in the the golden penthouse with him, where she tries to tries to, to seduce Brian after Brian had met with Doug, but that doesn't work. Um, and so Brian does run back to Doug to tearfully tell him everything, um, but finds out that Doug had killed himself. Yeah. Uh, content warning: It is a suicide, and suicide is not funny, but it is uh, just an awful scene. It's like <laughs> it's, it's so bad. Tom Cruise, like, uh, he finds it, he, like, he's at his yacht, I guess, like, Doug just lives in the, this yacht, mm-hmm. uh, like, in the, in the New York Harbor, and, uh, yeah, he writes a suicide note, and he, it, I think he, like, slits his throat with, like, glass or something, um, but, uh, yeah, Tom Cruise and just, like, starts yelling, like, somebody help, and it's, like, the middle of the night, there's, like, it's been established that it's an abandoned <laughs> here, and there's no one for like a mile uh it's just jarringly shot and it's 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 really inappropriately funny and um, it's i don't know it it every time this movie tries to go for pathos it doesn't work but um but yeah that kind of puts things in perspective for brian and he he goes back to try to find jordan um as he had been doing for for the entire third half of third third of the movie um and her rich father has forbidden her to see him. But Brian fights his way past the security guards, and he he runs up to Jordan. He's like, oh, I love you. I love you. I'll be your father. I'll be the baby's father, and your father can't buy me off, whatever. Um, and it's this whole emotional scene. Um, there's, like, a fist fight, and there's, like, a lots of high drama. But the only thing I could think of is that Elizabeth Shue's father um, really looked like a, a thinner Mike Huckabee. <laughs> Yeah, he, he was not as funny on Twitter as Mike Huckabee. Oh, so. No one's as funny as, as Mike Huckabee on Twitter. No, but um, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. Basically, like all the female characters in this movie are like rich, actually. Like mm, literally yeah. every female character that's given a name in this in this movie is is rich. That is and true. It's like it's. Yeah, it's a strange uh, take on, like, the whole gold digger uh, stereotype where, like, although, I mean, as we've established that Doug is really only gold digger, Brian uh, doesn't, um, he doesn't even care that Elizabeth Shue has all this money. Right, um, right. And even 
he does open his own bar at the end. Uh, he he's only able to do so because his uncle gives him a loan. So yeah, yeah, there. I didn't actually notice that, but that's that's true. Every every woman with a name or a speaking part in this film, um, or, or like an actual character that that's female, is is rich and an object of desire. And I, I think it is a nice flip of the gold digger stereotype, but it's also really indicative of this film's politics because they're at the end of the day they are their goals, their trophies, their aspirational. Um, status status symbols to be had rather rather than like partners in and of themselves so the closing scene of the film is uh brian opening his bar called uh flanagan's cocktails and dreams uh it's the worst name the, the worst name uh but uh him and doug in the beginning of the film when they're still just like living in a shitty apartment in new york uh they say Oh, what are we gonna name our bar when we open one? Cocktails and dreams, and they like, you know, f- uh, Doug just like draws this like you know like child's drawing <laughs> of a neon sign that says cocktails and dreams. All of the all of the uh, drawings in this movie are child's drawings. Yeah, it's true. Uh, and again, we will get to uh, the artist right, of those right, drawings right. Uh, in a minute. But uh, yeah, so he opens this shitty bar. Uh, and uh with a loan from his uncle who's like this bootstrapping guy who we see sporadically throughout the film uh maybe two scenes at most and uh he's a ruthless libertarian psycho just like that says like oh i've never given a free drink out in my my 30 years of barton new york city and, and i'm proud of it or whatever so i mean it but what's interesting is he he's kind of depicted as like he, he's set up as the good mentor to to Doug's evil mentor um, for Brian. So make of that what you will. Yes, because the film doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Um, so yeah, I guess we'll we'll leave it there. It, it's a happy ending for Brian and Jordan and and their and their baby. Their their babies are gonna have twins um, at the at the end of the movie, but. Um, Circling back to the beginning of the movie, one of the things that we did like um, were the title credits. Um, they were kind of done up in like this pink and what are the colors like like a pink and teal neon thing. Yeah, so the actual um, like main title itself, uh, cocktail, is done, I believe, in pink and teal, and then the um, like the opening credits mm-hmm. is is the teal. Um, kind of like it looks like a script font um, very much looking like a like an 80s uh, neon sign <clears throat> and um, it's also the closing credits as well I had to right. Right. watch the whole credits to find who the title designer was actually nice um, dedication yeah <laughs> yeah because IMDB didn't mention it uh, and sometimes you'll see the main title design uh the the name of that that artist in even the opening credits but um so that it wasn't there right uh but her name is uh penelope gottlieb uh yeah and she's a title designer uh she's a title designer for a few different films i i I did find her on imdb eventually uh I think the only thing besides uh, flair bartending that this film would even possibly be known for 
besides Tom Cruise is like the the logo. Yeah. No, it's true. It has a good like main main title logo. Um it's yeah, it's it's memorable. Yeah. Um and the other obvious main thing that's that this film is known for are the uh the flair bartending tricks. Um and credited as the bar advisor in in the closing credits is uh, John Bandy, um the hero of TGI Fridays who um, <laughs> who I mean, I, I mean seriously, all it it Tom Cruise and um, and Doug Zector, Brian Brian Brown uh, really did some of these some of these stunts. I, I can't imagine they did all of them, um, but they they really did flip and and pour and and do crazy crazy acrobatics uh, <clears throat> acrobatic bottle tricks. Um, so to for for John Bandy to teach that to these two actors um, during production, he he did a, he did a good job. Yeah, definitely. Um, and so we just have two more people uh, to highlight here. And so uh, we mentioned the terrible sketch of Tom Cruise <laughs> that uh, Elizabeth Shue does during the Jamaica scene. The movie is, uh, of which the movie is ashamed because they barely show it. Yeah, it's it's really like a split second yeah. on screen. And even Tom Cruise, his character remarks like, oh, this doesn't look like me at all. And it doesn't. <laughs> it barely looks like him. Uh, That's right, um, he does. If we have time, we'll include a picture of that in the show notes as well. It's <laughs> it's a sight to behold. Um, but so there was an actual artist. Uh, it wasn't just Elizabeth Shue who drew that. Uh, it was in... in artist by the name of Joan uh, Krosik. Um, so yeah, I, she is not credited in the end credits, but I did find her credited on IMDb as um, uh, the as an, the artist of uh, several artworks in the film. And then I actually checked her website and she says um, she did numerous bad in quotation mark paintings sketches of tom uh studio drawings and paintings and materials uh for the film cocktail um so the bad painting she's referring to i think are elizabeth shoes paintings <laughs> in her like her studio yeah, cause, apartment because jordan's an artist like that's her that's her dream and aspiration for the movie yeah yeah, she uh, is shown as uh, a waitress in one scene as a diner, but she mentions uh, that she wants to be a uh, an artist, a professional artist. Uh, and you know, I actually thought some of the paintings were fine. She there's one painting highlighted. It's like this waterfall um, that they uh, do the nasty at in Jamaica. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, in the in the Jamaica travel ad that they crash. <laughs> yes exactly um but uh yeah apparently the artist uh thinks that was a bad painting so but who am you know, i you know, what's, you know what's funny they even comment on that when when tom cruise looks at it because he's like oh is is, is this our is this our waterfall and like he gives her an eyebrow raise and she's like no it's a different one so like it's oh yeah <laughs> yeah i mean it, it was it was like a neat painting but if apparently the artist hates it so whatever so you should too folks we should we should all hate the artwork that we see in this film (laughs) yeah and then Um, the the other name that we had dug up was um the art department daily props guy uh what is that 
Yeah, I saw that on IMDb as well, and I don't know if it's this person's partner, if it's Joan Krawczyk's partner, but it's a guy named Marek Krawczyk. Um, he's also uncredited in the film's closing credits, but um, I just assume they were partners at this time, uh, and he would just like get random shit for them uh, he, or maybe daily. Some kind of assistant, because it, it's like an art credit you know yeah um he could definitely have been her assistant at the time uh it's really vague on imdb Mm. and i can't find like literally anything about this guy um he does have a few imdb credits but yeah nothing specific so nick who would you recommend this film to um drunks first of all (laughs) but um (laughs) for real um i guess fans of of Tom Cruise and Elizabeth Shue because this is a early outing for both of them. Um, They're both really young. Um, And I mean, I'm I'm not a huge fan of either one of them, but if, if you're into that time period of the eighties and, um, and watching your favorite actors kind of grow and progress during their careers, this is not the earliest you can go for either one of them, but it's pretty early. And how about you, Lewis? Uh, Who would you recommend this to? Um, as a New Yorker myself, I would uh, recommend this to uh, people who are interested in just seeing um, the late 80s, you know, downtown New York, um, you know, scenery and milieu. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't speak to how accurate it is because I was not born <laughs> then, uh, not alive, but uh, I will say that. It, um, I think it gets like the feel, um, it's not as like grimy probably as it actually was. Um, and maybe that has to do with, uh, you know, the Disney owned touchstone pictures, uh, and smoothing out some edges. But, you know, if you're into just, you know, depictions of New York on film, it's a pretty good one. The twin towers are in it. Uh, there's... (laughs) like prominently when he's on the bus yeah prominently when he's on the bus his greyhound bus coming from wherever whatever base he comes from like he he has this baby in his hand for some reason child (laughs) he's just like oh look it's new york and i actually thought he was gonna say oh look it's the twin (laughs) towers but he he doesn't he doesn't unfortunately but they're prominently featured yeah yeah in in this this movie is at least a very good um depiction of like what people wanted new york to be at the time like the the land of like hopes and dreams and yeah you can make your make your fortune all that crap and yeah honestly besides that there there's there isn't much of a of a of a of an audience for this movie beyond people who saw it when they were when it came out for nostalgia uh, nostalgia reasons um Going off that, I guess I, I would actually recommend this movie to Vaporwave fans. Any of you uh, YouTube or SoundCloud um, musicians out there who want to put together some some tracks and use some imagery from the from that late '80s um, aesthetic that we were getting at this this has that this has that in spades. Yeah, definitely. Um, it it uses like um, the the neon pretty well. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and just like the the synth and stuff like that yeah and like these kind of there are a couple of like panning tracking shots of um of, of the new york nighttime skyline that kind of stuck with me which was nice um 
but that was that was cocktail a befuddling mixture of incoherent uh working class politics and uh cringy acting uh colonial colonial projects in jamaica and um lots of booze yeah so um please go out and watch this one uh i know we generally don't say that no actually we don't uh we will never tell you to do that unless uh it's um a total masterpiece that has been critically maligned but Mm. which um, may come up soon in in an upcoming episode yes teaser (laughs) wink wink nudge nudge um but yeah that's cocktail folks uh thanks for listening Thank you. See you again next week.